Hey, welcome back, everybody. HSC podcast number 13. Lucky or unlucky number 13. Uh, I guess we'll find out when we uh, put in our final four picks. Is it lucky or is it unlucky? Um, as always, Big Box Steve on the mic. We got uh, Derek the Big Smooth, Fresh West back again. Uh, West missed the, uh, the Sweet 16 where man we were horrible we didn't do so well <laughs> well that, that that's that's the whole thing it, it wasn't sweet it was bad and i needed a couple of weeks just to, to uh to recover from the terrible brackets I mean, it, I was, it was rough yeah. for all of us like none of us i don't think any of us had a great bracket i think i think kentucky, I think kentucky was was probably the worst pick i've ever picked in my life well, I mean, who's picking St. Peter's there? I mean, you know, you don't know a lot about basketball if you're picking St. Peter's. Yeah, that's just, you're just you're just guessing at that point because uh, realistically, Kentucky should win that game. Uh, so that was a rough one. But uh, the the tough part about the Sweet 16, at least you know when we were talking through it, Derek, it was like there was some games that made sense. And then after we, we picked them, I looked back and I was like, you know, why should have picked Duke? I had them anyway in my bracket, <laughs> but then I went against them in my picks, uh, you know, last week. So uh, there's a couple of games like that, that I was like, why did I go that way? You know, in our picks. So um, hopefully we'll do better in the, in the four, final four. <laughs> yeah. Probably not. But before, before we get into the final four, uh, and uh, we do want to talk a little bit more about the NFL. Uh, we have to talk about the Oscars. You know, we can't, we can't let this go unsaid. There's a couple of questions that I have for you guys. But what, what was the knee-jerk reaction? Like, you know, not reading any articles afterwards. Like, let's, the, the first, you know, time you saw it, the first, you know, couple hours, we all heard about it. But what was your guys' knee-jerk reactions? my reaction stayed the same. I was like, what was he, what was Will Smith thinking? It was like, you can't just go up and hit somebody. Right. On global TV. And and, and like Charlie Murphy would say is you don't slap a man (laughs) because even when it's fashionable in the old days, they they, they challenge you to a duel. Yeah. (laughs) And somebody had to die. (laughs) Well, if you saw, and then if you saw in the pictures, Chris Rock was ready. He put his hand in that, but then he like calmed down. But I was like, right. man, you just don't slap someone and then go back to your seat. Yeah. So a little, a little crazy there. So Wes, what was your first reaction? Uh, so I was sitting down just about ready to eat and, but I didn't have the sound up. I forgot, you know, I was just like, just getting things together and and uh, but I saw him say something over to Will Smith's table, and I the, my first reaction was I saw her, and she was mad. Yeah, and he's laughing, and I'm like, what did he say? And then all of a sudden, you see him walk up on stage, and I'm like, what? And then the slap happens, and then you know, watching it on ABC, it, they totally cut it out. Right. And then, cause when he went back to the table, I guess probably, I think Will Smith was like, keep your, you could just read his lips, keep 
my wife's name out of your mouth. But then they just cut because there's probably a lot of swearing or cussing or whatever, and they just they just shut everything off. So yeah, you didn't get um, any any sound in the states. No, no, I was just reading lips. But thankful for the internet, like, you had the Japanese version and yeah, everything. The Australian can... version. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, no, I was like, that's fake. At well, first, I was like, no, it's because when you when I watched it, I was like, no, I, I don't think he hit him because. I mean, he, he took a full swing and Chris Rock, it, it barely faced him. Yeah. Just I'm like, like, this a is, man. this is, no, this, like, this is, this is all a setup at first. And then realizing later, it's like, then I, you know, going back through the pictures and the video and I'm like, no, it looks like he hit him. He definitely hits him. Yeah. Um, how hard, like, I guess that's, so, so just to address that, there's, this is a conspiracy now, right? So you got all the people talking about that this is fake, right? So, so let's pretend for a second you, this is a conspiracy, right? Whether you believe it or not, in your mind, just, just pretend it's a conspiracy. What do they get out of this as a conspiracy? Why would you make this a conspiracy? Why, why would this happen? Well, Chris Rock has sold out all of his shows okay since so, this happened so chris rock's making money so i don't know what it benefits will smith at all but chris rock sure is benefiting <laughs> from it right uh, but you know it it benefits. i mean as far as the oscars is concerned because every year it seems like they complain about the ratings going down right and i guess this last oscars was the second worst ratings ever even with all this crap you know but at the same point, you know, if people aren't watching in the first place, why would you do some way? So people are going to tune in the next day. Right. Cause you're not, not really helping ratings. their ratings. No, you're not getting ratings and, out of it. And then you get, you go on the wires and they start talking about, well, if, yeah, I guess at first the rumor was they asked Will Smith to leave. They wanted him to go. Right. And he's like, refused to go. And then, you know, then there's other things where they say, well, he, he, you know, he wasn't asked to go and all this stuff. And the Academy is really mad and all this stuff. It's, it's, they don't care. <laughs> so I see some, I see some things, people talking about how, yeah, maybe this is drawing back attention to um, not just the Oscars, but, you know, the celebrities and movies mm -hmm. in general like getting people more involved back into this because they have had really poor ratings. And, and that's, that's why there's some people out there saying this could be staged. Um, so I thought that was an interesting one. I don't think it was staged personally, but, you know, I just kind of think, what are the benefits out of that? You know, um, obviously. Yeah. Cause the look on her face was just like, that's and you just staged. thought, it's that's not staged. It's not staged. That is that is that is that is a woman. The, the, like, the, you know what? Yeah, that was some what sport. did you just say? And then, <laughs> and then, but then it cuts away, and she probably looked at Will. And what I what I've seen on Facebook is she's you know she's got him by you know, and she's she's basically looks at him like, what are you gonna do about this? And he's laughing, and he's like, oh. Well, yeah, he lets her sleep around with other men but when someone talks about her hair like it's like 
that's the one we've heard the most right so i think the yeah. biggest the, the biggest dig or whatever you want to call it that you've seen around this whole thing is that everybody keeps coming back to this you're gonna let your wife sleep around on you because they had like a whole full-on video conference about it right where she's like this is why i cheated on you because you know you should have known right and you weren't being a, a good husband uh which is horrible you know and you're doing that in front of a, a a big audience as well but this is you know and so this is maybe a culmination of you know him just keep getting beat down by her you know and and then that comes down but but then it's like so then i take the other side just for me at some point you got to control yourself in that situation if you're will smith like you can't just go and assault somebody because that is assault you know um and there's a lot of reputation that's going to happen in there. There's a lot of things that, you know, you're going to lose in this when you do something like that in, in front of millions, in front of your peers and, and things like that. So no matter what, you know, how much Jada was pushing him, that you still got to have some control if you're yeah. Will Smith, right? I, you know, watching the Oscars habitually for, I mean, probably since I was 12, I, you know, watching that, I was, I was kind of in shock. I was like, no, this is, this is, this is all staged. And thinking that in my head, I'm like, this, I, I changed channel. I was like, uh, I changed ESPN. I'm like, I don't even care. Like, this is dumb. You know, it's like, this is not why I watched the Oscars for like, like some right. Jerry Springer. And I'm not watching it for some <laughs> Jerry Springer moment here. I'm like, I actually care about the artists and, the movies, even though I've only seen like two of them, it's still, it, it was really, I felt awkward. I mean, this is weird. Like, it, it, and then Chris Rock's reaction, that was just even more shocking. You're just like, <laughs> look on his face. And you're like, wait a minute, this is, it's probably staged. You go, you don't look, you look surprised. Like, this is right. not, you, you know, trying react. to process it. You can't yeah. react any better, though, than Chris Rock does, right? No, because, yeah. I mean, I think professionally, uh, as a person, um, you know, and there's there's no way you can react any better than Chris Rock yeah. does in that situation. Because he came out, he came out definitely ahead. Yeah. And I, uh, I think he went, I think he won there because, yeah, he could have, yeah. it could have turned into a fight. It could turn into a lot of different things. And, uh, you know, one of the funny things is like a lot of people are talking about how it's fake because it looks like Chris Rock leaned in and was expecting it. But I think Chris Rock was actually leaning in, expecting Will to like say something to him. I thought yeah. when he was walking up, he's like, oh, he's going to tell me something like, hey, you know, watch your mouth or don't do that. And so he leans in a little bit and then he gets slapped, you know. So I think that whole like he was expecting it, he was leaning in thing. I think that's what that was. He was leaning in to like thinking, oh, here comes a colleague who's going to talk to me, you know, and not slap me. Well, let's make no mistake about it. Will Smith's career is not going to oh, hurt no. from this. Not no. at all. I mean, you already, they're already making him out uh, on some sides to be a hero, right? Uh, there's, there's some sides of the fence that are taking that about him standing up for his wife and standing up for people not being able to, you know, um, make fun of or, or have jokes about, whether it be a disease or, and they're now they're going to pass it into, you know, sexuality and LGBTQ plus and, you know, all those things are going to pick up on that. 
and jump on that bandwagon as well, you know. And 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 don't get me wrong, like uh, it, it, there's two parts of that. Like it, there is comedy, and you should expect that. Like comedy's comedy; it's part of the game, and you know it's going to happen. There's been much worse said in many different situations, even in the Oscars. But at the same time, you know, should rock be more conscious of that? Maybe you know. So there's a couple sides to that, but there's no reason to assault someone, right? Uh, there was a couple of good things, and and for those listening, if you haven't seen them, and if you guys haven't seen them, uh, the the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar post is a really good one, and uh, the Jim Carrey um, mm-hmm. comments was really I thought was really what good. did what did Jim Carrey say? Uh, the first thing I thought was great. He was like, I would have sued him for $200 million, <laughs> which I thought was funny because, well, anyway, he makes a really good point. Uh, what he was like, cause that's going to be a meme forever. It's going to be a video forever. Like it, it's Chris rocks always going to be that guy getting slapped in the face and the Oscars, right. And there's going to be yeah. tons of memes. Uh, but to, to your point, Wes, to why you watch the Oscars, which I think you'll really like the Jim Carrey one for this one is he talks about the hard work and the dedication that so many people, even outside of your stars, um, put into those movies in, in time and sweat and blood and tears, you know, to, to be an Oscar nominee movie. You know, it's not just that movie's not nominated because of Will Smith, you know, that or Will Smith's not nominated, I guess, because of that, of himself, you know, it's because of all the work that all the people do on that movie. And, Thousands. And he's, yeah, and he's tainting it you know with, yeah, with that's actor. true yeah and, and that's and, what was most disappointing to carry so then I, you know i changed the channel and then literally right when i changed the channel back he's accepting the award for yeah, best at. right and i'm like what <laughs> hey, this is bizarre i don't even think you should have won anyway yo right <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, koto, yeah i mean koto koto i thought would was gonna win um i thought koto was a really good movie and I thought Andrew Garfield for Tick, Tick, Boom yeah. should have won. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, actually, probably right. That was really yeah. good performance. I mean, what, I mean, is Will Smith, I mean, what is he? He's not, I mean, I, I think Garfield. All, I don't know. Is the performance. I mean, Garfield's performance, I mean, it's more of acting than Will Smith right. basically playing himself. You know, well, that's what I think. I think Will Smith was about the movie more than the performance yeah. is, is probably why he got it um so and the last thing and we don't need to dig into this but i just the, the other issue i have and in, in abdul jabbar and his um his uh, speech or post or whatever you want to call it his letter he kind of addressed it but not in the way that i want to address it is if you saw after this happened they go to they go to commercial and um i think it's uh there's a couple of guys over there consoling him, Denzel Ad- or Denzel Washington and, and um, Tyler Perry. They're talking to Will Smith, and, but then also Bradley Cooper, right? Tip pulls him aside and talks to him for a while. What if Bradley Cooper walked up on stage and slapped Chris Rock? What would be the out the fallout of that, right? Jeez. How? I mean, they're, they're coming in. They're going to be calling it a hate crime. You know, they're going to come in and, and they're going to be resting Bradley Cooper. They'll be walking him out before he's even off stage. Yeah. yeah. And like I said, and if you read Creams, he kind of um, talks about uh, the, the whole 
you know what they he did to what's doing to that the black community but also just like i see that difference of what if it was a white man that walked up and slapped chris rock you know what would be the fallout and another thing is it's also you know i think it was what is it two years ago when um jervis when he when he he was just kind of roasted everybody at the oscars yeah and they you know they they pan to each star and to show their reaction and yeah their reactions are memes because i mean he was just roasting everybody and right. it created so I much love that oscars that was the one <laughs> no, i liked it was the great <laughs> but you know what they all took it even yeah. though they had the dumb looks on their faces some of them they took it you know, they, you know, they got roasted, about, you know, and that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to sit there and take it. Well, a comedian you know, hired. So, yeah. The comedians get paid to do that. Chris Rock, they didn't, they didn't yeah. hire somebody to go up there and make like a heartfelt speech. They hired Chris Rock to go up there and make jokes. Yeah. This is not politically correct speech here. <laughs> this isn't, this isn't your safe space. You know, you're at the Oscars, you know what you're getting. I mean, Look at the Golden Globes. I mean, if it was Golden Globes, they'd all be half in the back drinking and they wouldn't care in the first place. <laughs> you know? Well, and I think this is why no one watches the Oscars anymore because now it's become such a self-righteous, we're Hollywood, pat ourselves on the back. We're so special and important. Then they get up and they do their speeches and it's political or it's, Leonardo DiCaprio talking about saving the environment and then he gets off into his own private jet. <laughs> right. They it's all like, <laughs> we don't want to, we don't want to hear this from Hollywood. We don't care. You're not that important. Well, and you're not as involved as you're talking on, on camera. Right. Like he's talking about, you know, they're flying their jets around They're You know, they're not involved in the things that they're talking about. It's, it's all. And then publicity. The, the perfect part is, Will Smith gets up there and talks, starts talking about love. Right. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what is he? I mean, I mean, when you do, when you slap a dude on the state, when you like create one of the biggest Academy, I mean, the, probably the second biggest moment in Academy Award history that people remember was a fake jab from Muhammad Ali to rock to Sylvester Stallone in 1976 or 1977, you know, and, and there was no touching there. It was, you know, Right. It was Muhammad Ali on stage with, with Rocky. It's one, of, it's one of the most famous Oscar scenes, you know? I mean, he just created the biggest Oscar scene of all time, you know? Yeah, and it, it's, uh, yeah, and, and it, there's a lot of things, again, that's wrong with that. And, and I also, it's like, I, I've seen this a lot of places, but my first thought also when I saw this was like, you know, if that was The Rock instead of Chris Rock, he's also not doing that, you know? Like he's not going to walk up stage and slap the rock if the rock made that joke, you know? So, so to me, there, there's a lot of things. That would have been funny though, because, <laughs> because you know, the rock is, you yeah. know, you know what's going to happen there. Right. So uh, anyway, that, I mean, that was, uh, I wanted to just chat about that because I wanted to get more in depth. I know we, we talked about it, you know, um, off, off scene for a while, but just wanted to hear some thoughts on that. And, and I'm sure there's, this is going to be unpacking for a while. Um, and, you know, maybe it is a media distraction from all the bad stuff that's happening right now, but um, it's not a good thing for sure. 
Yeah, so much for Ukraine. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like you can't yeah. you can't find a Ukraine article video or you know right now and and not well, even that. Because we we patted ourselves on the back so much. We've done so much for them. No, no, no. Right. We've yeah. done nothing. Yeah. Give yeah. them blankets. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and hopefully uh, in in our next podcast we'll we'll actually dig into that a little bit. So. Let's move past the Oscars. Let's talk about March Madness. Back into March Madness. We're into the final four. It's been a, I mean, for me, this year in sports, I think March Madness is like topping it. You know, the NFL playoffs were great, but this tournament has just been awesome. You know, I, I can't remember. I mean, I do remember a lot of tournaments when we were younger because that's when tournaments were really, really good. Um, but recently I, I can't remember again another better tournament so this year in sports has been awesome the tournament i think has been great upsets you know close games overtime games uh horrible ref calls you know uh, changing games like so there's just been, been a lot of stuff here so now we're in the final four we got uh, duke and north carolina you couldn't ask for i mean if you were writing the script right wouldn't you write Duke, North Carolina in the final four? Mike Krzyzewski's last game. Hubert Davis's first year as a coach. He's a player, was a player, the only player ever to coach a team in the ACC and coach the, or play for a team and coach the team to a final four in the ACC. There's been yeah. another coach that did it, but in the ACC, he's the only one. And so let's start there. Like you can't ask for a better game. You can't storybook write this any better unless St. Peter's is in there because then you got a, a Disney movie, you know. <laughs> so let's talk about uh, uh, North Carolina Duke. What, what happens here? What do you got, Wes? I, I just think Duke's on a mission. Um, losing to uh, North Carolina and you know, Coach K's last home game was probably probably not the best thing for North Carolina now because, I mean, you know, everybody, all the players, um, all the players from Duke, they, they, they wanted another shot at North Carolina and they wanted it in the, uh, in the ACC tournament. They didn't get that. So now they got it in the Final Four. They're going to be motivated um, they're playing at such a high level now. North Carolina, I think, you know, get, they got a they got a puncher's chance just because of Caleb Love, the way he's playing. If he plays like that, scoring thirty points a game, um, their guard play, you know, if they they hit, they hit their shots, they got a chance. But I'm going to take Duke just because. I mean, talk about a storybook ending. I mean, it's cliche, but. And everyone's talking about it. Um, and then it would be uh, the record, Coach K, since he's been at Duke, you know, it's 50-49 Duke. Right. So he beats North Carolina. He has a winning record against North Carolina all time. Uh, they get to the championship game, and in my opinion, I think it's going to be the same as his first championship game in 1991. And that was against Kansas and they beat Kansas. So 
I think that's gonna gonna be the ending that is most likely. I'm giving Kansas probably. You're 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 going for the storybook Coach K ending, huh? You know, and it's it's you know looking at my brackets, I got four brackets. <laughs> I don't got one of them for Duke. Like, how do you not? How do you not have that? It's just one of your brackets. Right. It's just what, stupid. What do you think the point spread is going to be on the Duke North Carolina game? I think it's four now. I think no, it's what, four. What, what do you call you? You got Duke winning by how much? Uh seven or eight. Seven eight. or eight. Okay. Yeah. All right, Derek. How do you feel about that? This is tough. And I mean, I'm horrible. I've been, you know what? I had such a good first round and then I started, I lost pretty much. Yeah. You're last in the bracket. (laughs) Yeah, it was, but I'm in the top 86% in the women's bracket. (laughs) We should, we should have done NCAA women. Um, You're going to hate this, Steve. I'm leaning towards Carolina because um, Love is playing great. Manic, Manic is playing really great. So you're giving them the kiss of death, is what you're saying? Huh? You're giving them the kiss of death. Pretty much. <laughs> uh, I mean, Armando Baycott, he's inside playing really well. They've got the inside outside game. Duke has lots of athletes. Right. And they, I will say, the thing about Duke is it's hard to put them away because uh, they just make shots. Yeah. Like, but I just feel like Carolina's hot and I feel like Duke is going to come in a little tight because they're like, last time it. we played them, we lost Coach K's last home game. Now we have all this pressure. We have to beat North Carolina to get to the you know, if we lose to North Carolina and Coach K's last game, that's like the worst thing possible that can ever happen. We can't let the, so that all the pressure is on all these 18, 19 year olds. Yeah. Like tons of pressure. Like the, the point where 20 years from now, people will be talking about Coach K's last game. He lost to North Carolina in the final four. I mean, yeah. it's going to go down. I mean, so, There's so much pressure more on Duke. I mean, Huber Davis, it's his first year. He can, you know, if he loses this one, oh, well, he'll come back. And this, I'm going to have so much pressure on Duke in this one. I just feel like Carolina's going to play loose. And Love was looking like Donald Williams out there. He was just hitting shots from all over. Love is in conscience. You know, if, yeah, if, I if, I'm, if I'm Duke, I mean, I'm doing – everything in the first half to see if you can seal off love first okay let everybody else beat you you know but seal off love make sure he doesn't get going because if he, he he gets going i mean yeah, yeah. He, but you can't let manic sit out in the corner yeah. and nail threes all game though the guy scoring 20 28 points yeah. he's the leading scorer in the tournament yeah I mean, it's uh, that's the problem. So, what's your point spread there, Derek? On uh, so you call Carolina, pick them. (laughs) (laughs) It's gonna be a close game. Yeah, I think it's close. Yeah. So, 
I think a close game kind of favors Duke, so I hope it's not close. Just because when it comes to the end of the game, if it's if it comes down to a one or two point game, I think Duke they do have the guys that can isolate one on one and make big shots. Um, and and I, I hate to do this myself, but I'm going to pick Carolina too. And I usually don't pick them because it's my team, and when I pick them, they lose. But I, I'm going to go with them just because. For, for two reasons. So if you look at the way this tournament's gone, the way Carolina's played, they, they've been dominating teams. You know, even the Baylor game that definitely ended up being close at the end if, if Manic doesn't foul out, you know, it, that they were up 25. They're dominating a, a number one seed in Baylor. They're killing people, you know, the whole tournament. And it's not just love and love's playing great. Don't get me wrong. But they've had, you know, three guys score over 25 points in different games. Uh, uh, you know, Armando Baycott is, is a beast. He's got now more double-doubles than or as many as Tim Duncan had, right? And, and he could he, – he, I think he beat the record, but he can, you know, keep going, right? It's 29 or something like that. So he's a beast in the middle. Um, it it kind of depends, you know, if they have to rely too much on their bench, I think they might be in trouble – they got a great defender in, in Leaky Black that can really lock down, you know, anybody that, on Duke that gets hot. So it really comes down to Hubert Davis's uh, uh, coaching, right? If he coaches the game well, I think they win the game. But I think those are your two factors there is, you know, how, how good is, is Hubert Davis coaching? Can he rise to the moment as a coach? Can he not uh, let it get out of control? Can he make sure he's, he, he stays within his game? and Carolina's game because if they do I think they can't that Duke can't beat them if Carolina can stay within their game a Duke can't beat them uh, if Duke can get them out of their game if Duke can win the one-on-one isolations they do have a chance uh, but I'm still going to pick Carolina and I'm going to take them by six Ooh. and probably <laughs> just gave them the kiss of death but I believe it yeah I mean you bet backcourt play I mean you're talking about Duke in the backcourt you're talking about Roach you know, Roach has been, you know, playing really good. You know, I think that's the deciding factor. It's like, who's going to win the backcourt when it comes to, you know, Carolina, Duke. Um, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, Duke's got the athletes is the problem for Carolina. Um, if it comes up to a, an up and down game and, and Carolina can't get up early like they did on Baylor, because Baylor, Baylor exposed them, their weakness with, with athleticism and pressure, you know, and speed. And so, uh, and that's how they came back in that game. So that's, that's what Duke has to do uh, to beat them. But Carolina's hot right now. It, it's really hard to, to go against them. So, uh, so let's switch gears to uh, Villanova, Kansas, because I think this is it. This is why I think it's such a great tournament because now we got Villanova, Kansas on the other side of the bracket, uh, which I think is a great game. Uh, you know, Kansas is blue blood, you know, all, you know, always expected to be there, not always there, but they're always, they're always getting great athletes, great players, you know, blue chips, but Villanova over the last 10 years, but especially in the last five years has been a really good team. And uh, so, so how does this game break down Derek? Um, I'm thinking, I just don't, I don't trust Villanova as much as other people are. Houston, if they wouldn't have gone like one for a hundred from three point range, <laughs> they would have destroyed Villanova. They were hitting like 
they were over 50% from field goal. They were, it, it wouldn't have been close, but they couldn't hit a dang three pointer and they kept taking them. I think it was like one of 28. You can't do that. Oh, yeah. Um, in Kansas, Kansas is red hot. They're probably the most talented team left. Um, they have, I mean, they, everyone's darling Miami. They destroyed by 26. Yeah. Well, I mean, but Miami, I mean, reality, that was all the second half. Yeah. Miami just fell apart. Yeah. Because wasn't yeah, they also lead at half, weren't they? Oh, yeah. They, yeah, they were, I think they had, they were up by, like four, five or four or five, and then my and yeah. then Kansas outscored by thirty three in the second round, right. yeah. something like that. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, my Miami's game is is all up and down the court athleticism, and Kansas neutralized that right and hit their shots, and they're going to make Miami okay. You're going to hit, yeah, you need to hit outside shots, and Miami's game isn't hitting three pointers. Well, and I think to Derek's point, and Derek, you can go ahead and, and finish out there, but I think. Kansas got red hot in that second half and showed what Kansas is capable of. Well, and then I look at also their opponents and Kansas has already beaten two big East teams in this tournament, right? Miami used to be in the big East. So you could save in three, <laughs> almost three, <laughs> but Villanova, you know what, I, what I say about this though, Villanova played two big 10 teams. Yeah, and Derek can't trust the Big, the Big Ten. Ten. <laughs> can't trust the Big Ten. And so I can't really trust Villanova because if they, I mean, if Houston would have made some shots, we'd be saying it was Houston, Kansas. Right. And I just think, I hate saying it because it's, you know, Kansas, but I just think they're too talented. It's Bill Self. Although Jay Wright is a great coach too, I just think it's Kansas – I think it's going to be a blue blood finals either way, Duke or North Carolina and Kansas. Yeah. I mean, either way, it doesn't matter which team gets in. I mean, even Villanova at this point is getting a lot of great recruits and can be considered one of the top tier teams. Um, but yeah, can, so you got Kansas by what, what do you, what's the spread? Are they going to I'm going to say seven, seven. Okay. So we're keeping it close again. Wes, what do you feel about that? Yeah, in general. I mean, I think Villanova is going to try to slow the game down. They're going to, you know, they fundamentally Villanova's, you know, most disciplined team in the tournament. Um, Jay Wright, he's, you know, he, he has a system. His players abide by it, which I respect because in the game of basketball, I mean, I'm watching – the Nets and the Bucks tonight, or even Texas A&M and Xavier, and I just, I'm counting how many plays they're running. They're all they're all running three plays. <laughs> they're all running high high ball screen, <laughs> motion, and isolation. Which I it's not even real isolation, not even a play. And so you respect a team like Villanova that's well disciplined. Houston losing that game is ridiculous. I mean, they, they, I think they went one for twenty from three-point range i mean if they would have hit a couple of them you know they, they could have won that game right but i mean you can say something for arkansas duke you know like yeah. arkansas could have won that game too. i mean so yeah i get it but you know that's the nature of the game yeah and i think i think when it comes down to 
if we're going to talk about just players, I think Kansas's players, Remy Martin and Abaji, they're going to make the plays that Villanova is, is they're not going to make. And that will be the difference in the game. It's, it's probably going to be low scoring, uh, you know, 50s, 60s. But I, I'm giving I'm giving the edge to Kansas. By how much? Five. Five or so. Okay. No. Yeah. So this is a tough one for me because I think this game could go either way. I, I think Kansas could blow them out. To be honest with you, it, it, Kansas could win this game by twenty. Um, but at, on the other hand, Villanova uh, could win the game too if they play smart. And what I mean by smart is, is Kansas is a very athletic team. They're a very gifted team, but you know what? They're not, they're not a very disciplined team. You know, they're, they're, they're not the smartest basketball players, uh, you know, in the, in the tournament and Villanova, I think is, you know, there's something to be said about Wes, what you're talking about, about the way Villanova plays ball, the way they're coached, the way their players are, you know, um, you know, they're very disciplined. I think, I think Villanova wins this game at the free throw line. They're one of the best free throw shooting teams in the college basketball, if not the best, right? I think that uh, Kansas gets in foul trouble. Villanova slows the game down, keeps them in foul trouble, and, and Villanova wins uh, by a short, small margin, maybe three or four, but they win this game at the foul line at the, the uh, Kansas being undisciplined. That's my hope. <laughs> so uh i'm gonna take villanova to play carolina in the championship so championship game villanova carolina carolina wins the championship for a for a hubert davis storybook first season um carolina's just too hot so my pick my pick's carolina win it all against villanova in the championship game so, championship so much game. for Gonzaga, Arizona. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Wes, you got you said Kansas Duke, right? And you, yeah. you you got Duke winning that game. Yeah, yeah, I got them winning. Uh, I think I think they they win that game fairly easily. Um, my first reaction, I just think they have too much momentum. Um, I think Carolina is going to be a lot tougher task just because of the pressure, just because of the magnitude of the game. I mean, they're already calling it this, the biggest college basketball I game. Mean, it's hard to argue. Of all time. <laughs> it, it's hard and then to how argue. can you argue that as far as the ramifications? I mean, yeah. can you imagine if Roy Williams is still coaching, you know, instead I, of Hubert I, Davis? I think it's even better that Hubert Davis is in there yeah. because now if coach K loses here, to Hubert Davis, it's not like, oh, you lost the legendary Roy Williams. Yeah. You know, I think that, sure, adds, yeah. I think that adds a little bit of element. Yeah, that's true. For, for Duke on that side, which I think, I just think it makes, that makes it a little more storybook. Uh, but so what you're thinking is if they get past Carolina, they, they get over that hump of a game, they just walk through Kansas. It's kind of, you know, it reminds me, you know, watching yesterday, I did a 30 for 30 marathon watching to do 30 for 30s yeah and you know watching the 91 you know the 91 uh final four 
where they played UNLV, which, I mean, I got, I got a picture, you know, of me with my UNLV shirt, you know, like the oh, day man. of the game. I, I was like, totally running around. I was so mad that game. <laughs> Freaking Leitner at the line, finishing off UNLV's perfect season. And, and then what does Duke do the next game? You know, they dismantle Kansas. Yeah. And that's the way I see this. They're, that was their first Final Four. They won the championship. And I think that's the way they finish off Coach K's career. That's a that's a that's a good look. I, I think uh, I think that is a storybook finish, and there's something you said for that. So Derek, you got you got Kansas winning. You got Carolina Kansas. So we all got three different finals. So I know what, what happens in the Carolina Kansas game. Well, I gotta go Kansas, right? So we can have three different winners. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, I think what's gonna happen either whoever wins Duke North Carolina is gonna be drained. Because it's only you only got a day off, right? And they're like so emotional, so drained, and we've seen it so many times again before. Like such a huge game, and then there's a letdown the next one because it's so close to each other. And I think just Kansas just runs it down, and then Carolina's like, I, I don't think they're gonna have a chance. I think Kansas blows them out. Wow. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, there's a you got to think that that's a possibility when you look at it, the Duke North Carolina game that they're going to give it their all. I mean, these guys are going to play their hearts out on both sides of the ball, both teams, you know, right. And, and so, yeah, there, there is a possibility that they come in, um, which is, is be great for me if Villanova wins, because then it's a, a better matchup for Carolina than to play Kansas. Um, so, I, I mean, I could see that, you know, it, it's, I, I think Kansas, the hard part about Kansas is that I think they, they do have a, a chance to hurt themselves. They, they, they can shoot themselves in the foot, which I think is Kansas' downfall, probably their only downfall. And so if they could stay away from that, Kansas is tough to beat. You know, they're a really good team. Uh, very yeah, athletic. And it, yeah, and if going inside, you know, if Kansas does make it to the championship game, you know, size does matter in a sense that McCormick, in the middle, I think is going to be a factor and he's going to, he's, he's going to be, um, he, he's going to cause Duke or Carolina problems inside. So yeah, I think, I, think, I think Duke more than Carolina, I think Carolina, um, I think Baycott can play a bit. Well, as long as he can stay out of foul trouble, I think Baycott could play well enough to do that. So Duke, I think will have a, a, a problem with him inside for sure. Um, I, you know, we were, I think we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago when it comes to Kansas, like we we're just kind of looking at Kansas in that bracket. We're like, oh, it's freaking Kansas. Kansas isn't going to do anything this year. They end up being the only number one seed. And it's one of those years. I said, you never know. It might be just one of those years, which the last time that I almost won the, uh, I picked the winner um, was when Kansas won it. And they beat Memphis because I had Memphis, Derrick Rose winning the national title. I would have won like a thousand dollars. And here comes Chalmers corner. I remember watching the game. <laughs> oh, yeah. Killing me. Like, you See, kidding me? I I had Kansas. I picked Kansas that year to That's win right. it all. And yeah. you know why? <laughs> Free throws. 
like you brought up steve yeah and that was the killer for memphis they could not and i remember watching that game at refectory eating a prime rib because i was like ah victory (laughs) i had my victory prime rib after watching kansas win it's, yeah, and I was sitting there watching them miss their Derek Rose. Derek oh, Rose, you're missing your free throws. Well, I mean, they had a lead too. It wasn't like yeah. they get a six point lead, you know, in yeah. the last the last two minutes, and they lose that game because of their free throws. Exactly. There's so much fundamentals when you're talking about the final four games, right? Because you're, you're talking about teams that they're, especially these four teams, you know, these teams, you, you're not going to go and find better athletes at any of these teams, right? I mean, a little bit, but at the same time, whether you're in Carolina or Duke or Kansas or even Villanova, these are great players, right? These are all top players, especially in the starting fives. And so it is going to come down to some fundamentals, like who doesn't turn the ball over, who makes their free throws, you know, and, and who who can stay within their game and and stay comfortable. So, so there's a lot to be said there. And, uh, and, and you know what? I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna ride North Carolina because you know I I didn't pick them to win because I wanted them to win, and I did that on purpose. But now that they're there, <laughs> I, I've already won the bracket, so <laughs> I'm, now I'm taking North Carolina. <laughs> I have to oh, say man. one last thing, and it's not even with the Final Four. With all, we have to give all the credit, St. Peter's, man. Oh yeah. First 15 seed to make it to the elite eight. Yeah. It was, a. Uh, it was, it was so fun to watch them play. And it, and even at the game, and I told you guys both this, that I wouldn't have been disappointed if St. Peter's beat North Carolina, just because I would have, it would have been cool to see St. Peter's right. keep going, you know, the, 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 the ultimate achievement, not not even just beating Kentucky, because the more I watched Kentucky, you know, honestly, I really didn't watch them much in the SEC tournament. And it was a knee-jerk reaction of me picking them. And then watching them against St. Peter's, I'm like, I just had to, what, what was I thinking? Like, I mean, okay, they beat St. Peter's, but them getting to the title game, they're not that good. <laughs> But think, the real accomplishment for St. Peter's to me was beating Purdue because yeah. I thought Purdue had the best chance because they had the inside outside game. How do you with with a, with Edie inside at seven four, right? And you got Ivy outside, like one of the best, one of the fastest players in in college basketball is going to be probably a top five pick, and to beat that team, that was an impressive victory. I, I so. Would, uh, I was impressed with the Murray State victory. You're talking about a team that won yeah. like 21 in a row, like yeah. barely lost all year. Uh, but the reason I was also impressed with the Murray State victory was because Murray State was very athletic. And, and so to just to dominate, or not to dominate them, but to, to match up athletically like they did from a team from St. Peter's to a team like Murray State's not blue blood, but they definitely go to the tournament often. They get good recruits. And this year they showed you know, a great team, um, but this, they did it in the Kentucky game. They did it in the, in the Murray state game. They did it in the, in the uh, Purdue game. They out hustled, they played better defense, um, you know, and they stayed within their offense better than all three of those teams. And they had a chance against Carolina. They just weren't hitting the shots at the end. 
and uh, yeah, it was crazy. They like yeah, because they hustled so much. They ran. They were all all around the court the whole game. Well, I mean, they came out tired in that game. Carolina went up twenty early, you know, and it was just like, you know, how do you come back from that? Right. Uh, yeah, because they couldn't. They yeah, their legs were gone because they weren't hitting. They had wide open shots and they were not. Well, and their bench barely plays. Barely yeah. played in that game, so you you got to imagine how tired those guys were because they have they were running hard every play the whole tournament and and I get it you know and and again I wouldn't have been disappointed if St. Peter's uh, won but I just didn't think they had much of a chance after getting that far uh, getting to to a team like who was hot like Carolina so that was tough for them and I just love the whole fact that Shaheen Holloway was the McDonald's MVP in the McDonald's game when um, Kobe Bryant was there. He got yeah, the MVP yeah. over Kobe Bryant. Well, and, you know, he played uh, – he was playing a great tournament until he got hurt, you know, when he played in the tournament. Seton Hall? It's Seton Hall, yeah. And he's now going to be the head coach of Seton Hall. Right, which I thought that was a really cool story for him, and that's that's great to see somebody move up. So, uh, overall, great tournament so far. Can't wait to see the ending, I think, again. This Can you year, imagine being in New Orleans right now? Oh, watching- man. I, I mean, it, it's like, yeah, that'd be so much fun. Have you seen the ticket prices for the North Carolina Duke game? Oh, I can't even imagine. I think it was like courtside was like 30,000. Jeez. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Making it hard for regular people. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and so it probably, it probably goes 60,000 for that, for, for those games. Yeah. Probably yeah. upper well, decks will probably full. You know, it's a, uh, there's, it just gets me excited now, even though the NBA hasn't been super exciting this season so far. What's going to happen in NBA now? I mean, NFL has been like this. Now March Madness is like this. Like, no, it's crazy. Did you see the Sports. Milwaukee Nets game? Uh, no. Did you guys watch that? Stupid. I, can, yeah. I mean, that was a great game. Yeah, so, you know, when those playoffs come up, you know, that's the thing. It's like, what's going to happen I mean, sports this year is just, it seems like it's, it's been out of control. Uh, yeah. So talking, talking uh, uh, the other sports, uh, we're at NFL, you know, you've still got some good free agents out there, but you've got some good free agents signing other where, you know, signing now, you know, so anything sticking out NFL wise, as far as uh, free agents? Yeah. Bobby Wagner now signing with the Rams. So I think that that was the big one for me, I right? Yeah. I mean, smart. so the guy doesn't have an agent, right? So he does his own contracts. And he, so he purposely went and signed with the Rams. Yeah. You know, he, he, it's almost like he didn't want to sign anywhere else because the Ravens offered him really well. But it almost was like, hey, you know what, Seattle? Go ahead and cut me. Let's see what happens. Well, Richard Sherman did the same thing. Yep. He went to the Niners. Yeah. So I think that was a big one. Um, I, I, I heard this rumor. I don't know uh, if you guys heard this one. Maybe OBJ to the Patriots? Well, I don't, he's not going back to the Rams. No. So I've heard he's not, he's still open to playing for the Browns again now. <laughs> Oh, now, yeah. Well, yeah, Deshaun Watson. Buddy, man. Amari Cooper. 
Yeah. So uh, OBJ. So you know, of, of the guys, there's still some guys out there, which I think is interesting. Um, Tyron Matthews still out there. You know, so where is he going to sign? It, it's kind of interesting as it plays down here. I think some of these teams can fall into some of these really good players. Well, I've seen two places for Honey Badger. One was the Steelers. I've heard a lot about the Steelers. And oh. the other is, you know what color the Honey Badger is? What a Honey Badger <laughs> colors are? They're silver and black. And Max Crosby has been out there putting stuff out. Jonathan Abram is following Tyron Matthew. I feel like you think he would have signed by now. We could be waiting until June 1st. Right. When everyone's cap gets from all the post June 1st cuts. Because right now the Raiders have about 6 million in cap space. That's not going to do it. No. But then after June 1st, they'll have over 20 million. So I've been, he- I've been hearing that, that he's waiting, waiting it out till June 1st. Which I think maybe some of these big names might, you might run into that. And I wonder like maybe Gronk, you know, maybe he goes back to Tampa Bay now that Brady's back, you know, Sue, Sue wants to go back. Yeah. So there's some big names out there. I think that's interesting. Um, but one other thing. So, so we got two, we got one, we got a rule change, right? So for the overtime rules, so the owners agreed to that. So first, what are your guys' reactions to the over, new overtime rules? It's a knee-jerk reaction, but it's fine. I don't care either way. Now, now at least if it happens in overtime, now no one can complain that they didn't have a chance. Right. It, well, in the playoffs anyway, right? Right, yeah. yes. So, Wes, what do you think of that? Should it be the same in the playoffs as the regular season? Does that matter or – I, I think I think it, I think it should just stay for the playoffs. The regular season, I mean, you start getting into games where, you know, the first offense scores and the second offense scores, and then what? Then what happens after it's sudden death, right? right. You, you're you're gonna the games are just gonna be, you know, they'll they'll be. Um, so too much potential for a long game. There's a, there's just too much. Yeah, there's. As someone said, uh, more football isn't always better football. Right. When it comes to you know when we're talking regular season, so, um, I think yeah, making it just for the playoffs is probably the best. Um, is for the best. It's kind of weird though because, you know let's both teams score a touchdown and so what this you know deciding you know you can have some potentially long playoff games especially if you know you team's yeah. got to punt once or the other team's got to punt or there's a turnover you're, you're you not know gonna it's get done. into it that often though i think you know i think it's going to be rare occasions where you're going to have overtime games but as far as far as you know, I hear people, defensive players complain, like, and I understand the argument like 10 years ago. The argument is, well, if the defense can't stop them, they deserve to lose. Right. Well, the whole game's geared for the offenses. That's all there's to it. You know, Bengals did it. 
Yeah, the Bengals <laughs> did do it. Well, well yeah. what was the stats? It was it was um, seven out of twelve times a team scored first to win. I mean, what is that? Sixty percent. Yeah, sixty percent of the time the defense held them on their first possession. So it makes everybody feel better, but I don't think it really matters. It kind of sucked in the Kansas City example because it was such a great game. You wanted to see Josh Allen. You felt bad for Josh Allen. Yeah. Let's see. Let's, you know, let's see if he can match that. Well, exactly. Because you're talking about, though, two teams that are hot on offense at the time, even though the Bills on paper had a better defense. But right, in the, right there, you have two teams that are hot in offense. So uh, them not getting the ball is taking it away from what they're doing really well at the time. Yeah. I felt, though, was it necessarily that great of a game? Because it looked like arena football. I mean, it's yeah. fun to watch. That's, so it may yeah. not be a great game, yeah. but it's fun to but, watch. I mean, <laughs> we saw, like, when they went down and sc- scored before – you know, or got into field goal range and like you weren't even close. I don't care. Like if the rules are, you can't touch someone, at least you can be by them. Yeah. yeah. And no one was near Kelsey and no one was near Hill. And yeah. then, um, gosh, I can't even remember what's the receiver for Buffalo that had over 200 yards. He was wide open half the time. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and that, and being a traditionalist that I am, like, I love watching old 70s football games where you know what it was it's like both teams had an agreement we're going to run the ball until you can stop it and then when you stop it then we throw the football and we throw the football past 10 yards there's no west coast offense and you know the the games were in you know the teens and and sometimes they're in the 20s but it that was traditional football that's what I, i i I miss about today's NFL. And so the Kansas city Buffalo game, everyone thought it was the greatest game ever. I agree with Derek. It's, it's like a little bit too much guys are wide open. You know, there's plays all over the field. There's no locking down anybody. That's what people want to see though. You know, that's what people want to see. Exactly. That's why you have the new overtime rule. There's nothing wrong with an exciting high scoring game, you know, for, for 90% of fans. You know, yeah. there are, there are going to be, you know, and, and of course, you know, people who play football and love football and have watched football all their life, see the differences and see yeah. that, you know, and, and so I get that. Um, I, I, I like the rule change. I, I'm okay with it just being in playoffs as well. I, I just like the, the fact that you're going to say, you know, equal chances for both teams. Mm-hmm. And so, so that's good. Um, there's another rule that, um they that the owners put in place or you know the leagues put in place i don't necessarily how much the owners had to do with it but so now a team has to hire an offensive assistant that is a person of color or a female mandatory so it's not it's not a rooney rule anymore where you have to interview them you you have to hire one an offensive assistant a person of color or a female uh, so I, I just wanted to get your guys' reaction to that. Why does it have to be? I don't get it. It's like it has to be an offensive assistant. Why is that like such a big deal? 
I mean, can't, it's not a defense. I know. I, I thought it was interesting too. Defense first, doesn't the, matter. My first, my first thought was, why did they make it just offensive, right? Why, why wouldn't it be offensive defense? So that was my first thought. But right. But why? I guess, you know, is it okay to force them to to make these hires, or does it matter? Like, like what are what are you guys feeling? I I think it's one of those like the Rooney rule where it's like we're trying to do something right but it's just going to backfire because how are you going to respect these assistants that come in when all you know is oh they're they're there because they're black or because they're a woman that's why they're getting this job not and it couldn't be you know they could be great assistants yeah but no one's going to think about that they're going to be like well they got that job because of this be no different than like the owner putting his son or something as the assistant coach. Then you're going to be like, well, it's, that's the owner's son. That's why he's the assistant coach. Now it's going to be like, Oh, that's all. Well, that's why we have this offensive assistant. So, so maybe the, the NFL is actually tainting their job or the job, this person's job by forcing the rule. That's a, that's pretty right. valid. Yeah. What, what are your thoughts, Wes? it's tough for the person that I mean that's getting the hire Um, I mean just like with any job you you have to prove yourself and you're coming in with certain expectations that you know you didn't get the job you know you didn't earn the job the way that they someone else earned the job but just like anything else, the people that they're going to hire, you know, they have, they're going to have to go out there and prove that, you know, they're worthy of the job, and most of them will. But just like uh, I was watching, uh, I hate Christian Leitner talking about being on the dream team. You know, <laughs> you got the only, yeah, the only college player on the dream team, right? Which you know made him feel awkward, and he said half the players accepted me half the players made me carry their bags and that's what I did. And so you're going to have, you know, certain assistant coaches, people within the organization that respect you. You're going to have people that don't. At the end of the day, this is the reality of the world that we live in. It's everybody's, it makes everybody feel better. So whatever. Yeah, I mean, I, I get it. You know, I think that's you're, you're you're it is kind of the reality, or it is the world we're living. I don't know that it should be called the reality, but it is the world we're living in, right? And uh, and the NFL has historically been bad about you know giving equal opportunity to people of color, and women even probably even worse than people of color, right? I you probably uh, make a, a bigger case for that, so. So yeah, I think the NFL is trying to trying to do something, take a step in the right direction. I don't, I can't say that I love the mandatory hire. You know, that that's a tough one for me when you when you tell someone they have to do something. You know, uh, you have no choice. So that's a tough one. But I also think that if we're we're in a time where we can do it, just because there's so many qualified 
uh, everybody. I, I don't care what color or, you know, women, man, black, white, yellow, green, like it doesn't matter, right? Um, so many people are qualified now to coach or to be assistants, mm -hmm. offensive assistants that uh, I, I think it, it, it's probably the right time for this to, to now say that, you know, let's just make it happen yeah. and, and make, you know, integrate them a little bit more because yeah. it, the percentage of difference that you're going to have versus the person that you really want versus the person you have to hire, it's going to be so similar, right? They're going to have very similar skills. Mm -hmm. uh, they're going to be very close, you know, as far as their abilities. And, and it, if you really want somebody, I mean, the, I mean, the new thing now is they can be a consultant. They can be an outside consultant, you know, you know how, you know, I mean, there's always that, angle yeah i think it's i think it's about the right time and um well i think that's why they call it an offensive assistant right so yeah they're they're just an assistant coach you know they don't they're not a coordinator you know they're not necessarily handling because uh, yeah. that's what you you can make them at that so i, I thought it was an interesting change i i thought that you know we'll, we'll see how it plays out for the nfl but i think it was a good time for them to to implement something and uh, and to get away from something like the Rooney Rule, which I think was kind of a joke, you know. And hopefully they can just get away from that, and and maybe that means you just required it, you know. It's not it's not even interviewing anymore. Like yeah, how how does the how does the Rooney Rule work for Eric the Enemy? You know, how's that how's that worked out for him? You know. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a yeah, there's a lot of uh, well, of there's supposed to be two more plaintiffs joining. Uh, forays pretty soon right well people are going to jump on that bandwagon for sure right i mean look what, what happened with kaepernick you know i mean yeah how many, how many people rolled down that snowball and and so, there's always a usfl <laughs> where did you uh, see yeah, next. what was a to to what is that one where johnny Manziel's at right now uh oh. I think it's like a seven on seven or something. No, it's a fan. It's a fan controlled league. Oh, right. I, I think, I think he's, he's, I think it's out of Arizona, but basically I guess you um, it's a league where people can buy in and they basically can call plays and run, you know, the offense and defense. Nice. Um, you the know, TO's coming out of retirement. <laughs> it's, it's kind of a good idea. It's kind of cool, but and Manziel's owning it. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's not fair that you know it goes to the highest bidder. Though. I mean, this is, should be, you know. All right, good stuff, guys. Any uh, let's uh, let's wrap up here. Uh, final thoughts, Oscars, <clears throat> Final Four, NFL, Derek. Final thoughts. Well, it's going to be interesting. It's basically our whole life. Coach K has been at Duke. So it's going to be one of those things like Wes was talking about the 30 for 30. I hate Leitner. And I think about you, Steve, as a North Carolina guy. Stefan was a Duke guy. You know, is he either with them or against them? Mm -hmm. And that's the way. And I'm sorry, Duke, I'm against you. So <laughs> go Tar Heels. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And yeah, how many times do we, me and Stefan, play North Carolina Duke <laughs> on the Nintendo? Uh, Wes, what do you got? Final thoughts? 
kind of in the same you know I, I didn't even know and you know I'm, I'm a pretty good I'm pretty good at, at uh, sports history when it comes to the, the, at least the three major sports um, but I, I totally forgot that 1986 that was Duke's first final four appearance and they played in the championship game and lost to Louisville by three points and that, that's a really good 30 for 32 it's the 30 for 30 it says the, the guys that saved coach k because everybody wanted coach k out right after a few years at duke because they were they were terrible and that was the that was the year that it uh it saved his career uh but you know then watching later and getting into the era when i actually watched college i think the first college game i actually really remember was uh danny manning Oh, yeah. And in in Kansas, playing it, playing it, playing in the the kingdom. Mm-hmm. That's the first one. So, and that's when I, I really started getting involved. And then UNLV, and then the Fab Five. And I was a huge Fab, like huge Michigan, you know, Fab Five. And just watching Duke dismantle them. I was never a Duke fan until I started watching the thirty. I'm like, you know what, I, I you know, it, now I, I would have been more of a Duke guy because, I mean, just playing the game, the way the game's supposed to be played. And that's what I, that's what I miss about basketball in general is, is, hey, let's run some plays, you know, <laughs> let's run the four corners, you know, let's see some back cuts. And uh, dirty basketball. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and let's see let's see christian Leitner stomp on somebody's chest and not get thrown out of the oh, game oh man and hit the greatest shot of all time in college basketball yeah that, that shot against kentucky was amazing yeah so, so um but yeah it's just it makes it I've, I've had a hard time watching things even the tournament sometimes i kind of kind of fall asleep at some of the stuff but watching those 30 30s i was just you know, it was, uh, it was, it was cool. You know, what's funny. I was watching the first Duke UNLV national championship game the other, the other day, because it was amazing how they just destroyed them. <laughs> oh, I remember that game. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. 30 points, 70, 102 to 72. I remember that game. That was the greatest game ever. Tell them. Yeah. You know, just to, 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 to wrap it up here again, I, I can't reiterate like how great sports have been up to this point in 2022, uh, you know, through the NFL playoffs and, and, and the March madness. And so that's, that's my final thought is that uh, I feel like sports are back a little bit this year. Uh, and, and I think that's a great thing. So uh you know, everybody watching and, and just for all of us, it's, it's just nice to see. Uh, it makes it kind of gets me excited for what's going to happen in the Masters, too. Like, you know, oh, yeah, maybe, maybe Tiger Woods is going to slap somebody. So, you know, whenever. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so good, good stuff, guys. Uh, great, great podcast. Uh, if you guys are watching out there, don't forget to like and subscribe. Uh, hit the notification so you can see the upcoming videos. If there's anything you want to see us do, uh, definitely hit that in the comments. Uh, you know, hopefully 
you guys will be able to join the next one. Uh, Big Mike will be back uh, this weekend for a podcast. So I'll let you guys know, see if you can join. Uh, and we're going to be talking uh, uh, stuff happening in, in national media. So uh, thanks again for watching. Don't forget to subscribe. Uh, thanks for the good podcast, guys. Talk to you soon.